You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Church Talk with Isaac. If this is your first time listening, I'm your host, Isaac Watson. And as I begin every episode, I just want to uh, show my appreciation and uh, share my thanks and gratitude to all of you who subscribe, who support, who write reviews, uh, who rate Church Talk with Isaac. And week after week, you listen uh, to these episodes. I thank you so very much. Um, You have helped this particular platform go around the world, and I am grateful for that. Many people are being blessed. Many people are receiving revelation and insight. Many people are being liberated and set free, whether it's from religion or from legalism, uh, from old ways of thinking and gaining understanding of their grace, gaining understanding of the new covenant, of the promises of God in Christ Jesus. So I'm just grateful for all of that and for all of you. So thank you. You all know um, that the past couple few weeks I've been talking about um, the fivefold ministry and when I use that term, I'm, re- I'm referring to the ministry of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor and the teacher. I began um, talking about apostles and, and what is an apostle. I did a couple episodes on that. And then I, I uh, my last episode I did, I uh, talked about the difference between an apostle and a pastor. And what I want to do today is I want to take some time and I want to talk about the evangelist. I want to talk about what an evangelist is. And depending on your background, the ministry of the evangelist can look differently or it could have been displayed differently or presented differently to you. But I want to give you some biblical uh, keys that points us to the work and the ministry of the evangelist. And hopefully this makes uh, sense to you. All right. Let me say this. Of all of the gifts within the scriptures, within the New Testament, the evangelist is only mentioned a few times. The least mentioned gift, as I went over last week, is actually the pastor. But the second least mentioned gift of the five is the evangelist. In scripture, we only have one example of a biblical evangelist where someone is actually named or called an evangelist. And uh, in the book of Acts, his name is Philip. He was known as Philip the Evangelist. Acts 21 and 8 says on the day on the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven and stayed with him. So Philip was a man who was called an evangelist. He was initially one of the seven men chosen um, as deacons to tend to. Um, the church and the widows who are being neglected in Acts chapter six. But then when we get down back, uh, when we read onward to Acts 21, he's identified as an evangelist. So we see that uh, he's a man who, although he operated in one capacity and one season, uh, and this may be something that I that I talk about uh, as the weeks go on, that he did not become an evangelist. It was revealed to him that he was an evangelist over time and he began to walk in that grace So let's talk about that, because the only uh, example of what we regardless of what we've been taught, regardless of what, uh, you know, has been presented to us, there's only really one example in Scripture 
that we can actually point to to say, hey, this is what evangelists actually do because this is someone who's named as one. In Acts chapter 8, although although Philip is named an evangelist in Acts 21, we see him doing the work of an evangelist or moving out in the grace that he's been called unto in Acts chapter 8. This is the only chapter that really explores the ministry of Philip and his evangelistic work. So Acts chapter 8, I want to look at a few verses, a few places, and I want to be able to pinpoint and highlight to you um, some of the things that evangelists are graced in. So Acts chapter 8, verses 6 through 8 It says this, and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. And there was great joy in that city. What we see within the ministry of the evangelists, they're just not someone who travels on a circuit preaching but one of the manifestations of the evangelists is that they actually flow very strongly in the miraculous it says that philip uh began to work miracles that the multitudes with one accord heeded the things that he said and the reason why they actually heard what he said or they heeded to what he said was because they were able to see and hear the miracles which he did they saw demons cast it out of people they saw they saw uh, the paralyzed and the lame get up and begin to walk and begin to move their members that were not able to be moved before and then as a result of the work of the ministry of the evangelist um, the scriptures say that great joy actually came to that city so we see that evangelists just not our orators they're just not someone uh, and, you know, an, an evangelist, male or female, is not just someone who gets people excited because they preach. Now, although the word evangelist means someone who preaches or proclaims the good news, we also see that that what 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 and what actually draws people into their message is the fact that their message is not without power. Their message actually carries a supernatural um a component to it, a, a supernatural element to it, to where people respond to what they see. So we see that evangelists actually flow very strongly in deliverance ministry. They cast out devils. They pray for the sick. They heal the sick. And we see um, them recover. We see the sick recover. Uh, they are actually mobile ministers or mobile ministries, meaning that evangelists Although they may be planted within a particular work or within a particular city, um, they are mobile, meaning that they go out into uh, various regions. They may they may be missionaries. They may go um, to other countries or they may be working within a, a community that they may be planted within a church in or within a network of churches within. And they may go into the community. They may go and they may minister to the laws. They may play a big part in the community outreach of of, of a particular ministry. So we see that that's something that evangelists do as well. I also want to say that one of the uh, other things that we see evangelists do is evangelists preach Jesus. There's a verse, if you read uh, Acts chapter 8 and you begin to read through that whole chapter, there's a, there's a point where Philip begins to minister to an Ethiopian eunuch. And one of the things that the scriptures say is that the Ethiopian eunuch was reading out of the book of Isaiah. And then Philip asked him, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian eunuch pretty much said, how can I understand it unless someone shows me? So it says that Philip actually began to preach Jesus 
through the passage um, that the Ethiopian eunuch was reading out of Isaiah and he was able to reveal Christ through the scriptures. So another manifestation of the evangelist is that they are going to have the capacity, the ability and the grace to preach and to minister Christ Jesus. Their message is very simple, not to say that they're they're not they're not theologically uh, astute or they don't understand biblical studies because I do believe that in order to um, preach Christ through the scriptures you do have to understand and have a biblical premise a biblical uh, 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 understanding of the scriptures um, but what they're able to do is they're able to reveal the scriptures and reveal Christ to an individual in a simple way that they can actually understand and receive Christ. So these are things that we have to understand with evangelists. Now, in my opinion, in my opinion, I believe that evangelists can very commonly get confused with apostles. Uh, and the reason being is because evangelists uh, of an evangelist and evangelism is a mobile ministry. Uh, the scriptures say how beautiful are the, are the feet of those who, who preach the gospel. Um, so in other words, um, evangelists are those who are on the go. Well, at the same time, apostles and the ministry of the apostle is a sent one's ministry, meaning that apostles are also sent. They may be sent to regions. They may be sent to other churches. They may be uh, sent um, to individuals. Uh, they may be sent to help churches. They may be sent to spark revival in regions or to bring miracles and breakthrough and revelation in regions. So we see that both the evangelists and the apostle are both mobile ministries. But one of the things that I believe is that because of that, they can oftentimes get confused. And one of the main differences, in my opinion, one of the main differences between the apostle and the evangelist is that while evangelists may go, they may spark revival wherever they go. Typically, they um, they not to say that they cannot plant churches because we do know evangelists can plant churches as well. But typically, evangelists will get bored if they stay in one place too long. And uh, now this is not everyone. I'm saying typically. I think it also depends when evangelists may have a different gift mix, like they may be an evangelist and an apostle or an evangelist and a teacher, an evangelist and a pastor. So if that's the case, then we have different things working um, there. But typically someone who is who is strictly um, called if they're called to the fivefold, they're strictly they're strictly called as an evangelist. They, they typically would get bored in one space and um, and uh, they're they're typically going from one place to another assignment to another assignment. Apostles, on the other hand, if they go into a space, they have more of a capacity to if they go to a particular location or a particular region and they spark revival, they preach, they build a following or whatever the case may be in that region. They have a capacity to encapsulate um, that um, that revival through the planting or institution of a church. So now we see that that revival or the culture of the kingdom has expanded to that region. And now a standard has been set within that region through the planting of people, the planting of a local work. Um, so now we see that the kingdom of God has expanded and the apostolic mission has advanced. So we see that there are differences, but there are also similarities between the two. Now, one thing that we have to understand is that all of the gifts, all fivefold gifts are for the adjusting of the saints. All right. Um, therefore, the adjusting of. Uh, of the believers, the adjusting of the body. And I believe I went through that in one of the previous episodes. All right. 
And um, their purpose in, in adjusting you is not so that you would only carry your own nature or that you would um, be able to express your own heart, but that the nature of Christ and the heart of Jesus can be revealed in and through your life. All right. So pastors and teachers, let me give you some of the differences. Pastors and teachers, and we still have to talk about teachers, but they typically focus on individual wholeness. They typically focus on individual discipleship and discipline. Not to say that apostles and evangelists and prophets don't, but typically you'll see pastors and teachers, their primary mission is individual wholeness, wholeness and discipline. Evangelists, on the other hand, their focus typically is on developing a heart for the lost. Because remember, we talked about how all fivefold gifts, their primary assignment is to release their nature. It's to release their nature. So it's not a hierarchy. It's literally five manifestations, five different uh, expressions of the grace and nature of Christ um, where they release their nature upon the general body. So that, for example, the people through the influence of an evangelist, they become more evangelistic through the influence of an apostle. They become more apostolic. The influence of a pastor the people become more pastoral so forth and so on so pastors and teachers focus on individual holiness and discipline evangelists typically focus on developing a heart for the lost and apostles and prophets what they do is they typically give you a foundation for cultural transformation so these are some of the differences in how these gifts operate and um, how they actually work together to develop a mature um, body a mature work so when I talk about evangelists, evangelists are the soul winners of the kingdom of God. They are the ones who are assigned to go out. They are the ones who have the most grace. Hear me, the most grace. I'm not talking about the only ones who have grace, but they are the ones who have the most grace to reach the lost. All right. Church buildings, in many cases, irritate evangelists. And when I say that, I'm referring to churches who refuse to go out um, who preach to the same people week after week. Evangelists are like, what are you doing? We have an entire field of people that need saving, that need the grace of Jesus, that need reconciliation, that need healing, that need breakthrough. But we're content preaching in our in our four walls. We're content preaching on our on our uh, uh, individual uh, Facebook lives or whatever the case may be. And there are there are there are hundreds and thousands of people who have not heard the gospel. So they get irritated when the when the when the church is not moving in its divine um, purpose uh, uh, of mobility. All right. And mobilization. So they irritate evangelists. All right. They would rather be in the field spreading the gospel than sitting uh, in a in a in a church service where no one's getting healed, no one's getting saved. All right. Evangelists also one of the graces that they actually have when we talk about them releasing their nature. One of the things that evangelists release upon the people who are influenced by them, who are mentored or discipled by them um, is this evangelists actually have a grace to release boldness and courage. So evangelists release a grace to be bold and and the grace to be courageous within the people that they influence. They so so literally what they do is they impart grace to dispel fear and intimidation in order to touch and reach people and places that you as a believer otherwise would be too timid or afraid to face, too timid and afraid to go into. So they release actually the radical desire to go into the dark 
places of society and to bring the light of Christ in these dark places. Many people don't uh, talk to strangers. They don't evangelize. They don't they don't minister Christ because they may be intimidated. They may feel like they don't know enough. They may feel like um, they're not um, whole enough or they're not saved, quote unquote, enough. Uh, they may have fear or intimidation, so they don't minister to the law. So one of the things that evangelists do is they impart grace to say, look, even though you may feel uh, unqualified or disqualified, God qualifies you to be a mouthpiece to preach Jesus to win souls. So they impart that they impart that boldness and that courage that dispels fear that tries to reside within believers so that they become more effective and being sought in light. This is why the church needs evangelism. We need the influence of evangelists um, within every single church. All right. Evangelists uh, are also called to be lovers of people and are oftentimes hear me um, because they're lovers of people. They're oftentimes called carnal um, or they're oftentimes um, called imbalanced because the religious may not understand their mission. Now, hear me on this. There are times I do believe that where there is a lack of balance where there's a lack of influence, where the evangelist is being influenced by the other uh, four gifts, when, the, when, when an evangelist is not necessarily planted or, or uh, 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 influenced by leaders in local churches or planted within a local church, they can be carnal. I believe that carnality is one of the assignments, one of the demonic assignments um, called to the evangelist if they do not have a sense of balance. All right. However, uh, to many people who may not understand the ministry of the evangelist, because evangelists are going to go into bars. Uh, many of them, uh, if they have the grace, they may go into strip clubs. They may they may they may go to corners where there's prostitution and there's game bangers and there's drug addicts and there are widows and there are orphans. Um, they just don't travel in circuit churches. Now, they will circuit churches, but that's not the only thing that they do. So because of that, because they're going into places that other believers may be too intimidated to go into, they may be called carnal. They may be said that they are compromising uh, who God has called them to be, so forth and so on. But this is something that we have to look at. James says this, that true and undefiled religion unto God is this, that um, that they do good to widows and orphans, um, that they that, that they take care of widows and orphans and that they remain unspotted from the world. I believe that that is something that actually describes some of the characteristics of what evangelists are called into. They are called not only to to take care of widows and orphans, but they are also called to remain unspotted from the world, which means this. It doesn't mean that you cannot associate with the world. It doesn't mean that you cannot go into the world. It means this, that you cannot be found with the world's spots on your life. You cannot be found contaminated by the world's influences on your life. You are salt. You are light in the world. And evangelists, I believe mature evangelists who understand that they're able to go into the world. They're able to go into various places, very dark places, and they're able to be effective without being influenced by those carnal, uh, demonic or dark cultures. Amen. Now, uh, I'm going to conclude this in just a minute. Let me give you a couple more points. And I'm going to conclude this. All right. Um, let's see here. I believe that evangelists, evangelists, um, they go into places where others are afraid and intimidated. 
But what they do is they re also release grace to the church to do the same thing. So it's just not the evangelist that's going out, that's doing these things. The evangelist, one of their missions, one of their assignments, one of their graces is to release grace so that every believer can be someone in, in some light, in some way to where they become bearers of light and they're able to go in the spirit of boldness um, to to release the light of God in dark places. So evangelists, they provide training, they provide teaching um, to the church, they provide discipleship on evangelism. Um, they also uh, they provide um, uh, initiatives to churches and church organizations for community outreach and community initiatives. They actually are great contact points of contact um, for outreach ministries, for communities, for um, uh, uh, for cities, for regions, um, because they're able to be that bridge um, to where the uh, the senior leader doesn't have to always be the one doing it. But evangelists can be those who are the bridge between the community and the church. Not only that, but evangelists can also work within the local church. They can also be those who are called um, within a local church to uh, to have great inreach initiatives as well. So evangelists can give great creative ideas for reaching people, just not outside of the church, but inside of the church. I think evangelists many times are creatives. They're people who can work um, with the creative teams of churches where they deal with marketing. They can deal with technology. They can deal with uh, with with the presentation aspect, with creative or illustrative uh, messages, so forth and so on. Those things are actually used as as parabolic um, uh, ways of preaching to reach those who may not necessarily be churched, but those who actually need um, a visible um, uh, examples and illustrative uh, messages in order for them to grasp the message that's actually uh, coming across. So evangelists are very necessary. I believe that they are uh, an extremely uh, essential part of the local church and they cannot be neglected nor ignored. We have to stop making it seem like every woman who, who uh, you know, is an evangelist because we're afraid to ordain them or license them as apostles or pastors or whatever the case may be. They may not be. We have to begin to look at the fruit of what an evangelist actually is, what an evangelist actually does. And we want to make sure that we are um, identifying, not only identifying, but empowering evangelists to do the work that they've been called unto. All right. I hope this gave you <laughs> some insight into the work and ministry of the evangelist. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to do a one on the prophet and one on the teacher. I think those are the only two that I have left that I want to do. So tune in and hopefully it blesses you. And also, if you are blessed by this, I want you to write a review and I also like you to rate it. Just take a, a minute or so and uh, I read them personally, individually, and uh, it actually encourages me. So um, I would love for you to write a review and to rate Church Talk with Isaac and um, help this platform become more visible. Also share it with someone and allow them to hear this revelation, this insight as well. So listen, I love you all so very much. Thank you for tuning in and I pray you all have a great and productive week. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to Church Talk with Isaac. If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends, family and colleagues. 
I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.